Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well. I am thrilled to be joined once again on Unpacking It by David Pollock, one of my favorite guests on this show, and he's a top college football analyst for ESPN. He's on College Game Day, hopefully every Saturday this fall. Uh, he played his college football at Georgia, where he won the SEC Player of the Year. Uh, he was recognized as the top defensive player in the nation. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. He was then drafted in the first round of the 2005 NFL Draft by the Cincinnati Bengals. And in 2008, he retired due to a major neck injury. And the first time he joined us on this show, he talked about that whole story. And so I encourage you to check that podcast out if you'd like to hear about that, if you, if you missed him the first time around. Um, but, but he's a, a great guest every year. And uh, he's a husband, he's a father uh, of two, and he helps run the Pollock Family Foundation. So uh, just a, a great guy. So uh, we'll get to him in just a moment. But before that, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options, healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. Also, it's fantasy football season. We'll talk a little fantasy with David Pollock, and I encourage you to check out the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook. It's a book that we wrote here at Unpacking It that, that takes fantasy concepts, relates them to the Bible, and it's designed to read throughout the entire NFL season. And you can order it on Amazon or go to our website, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. And if you're interested in joining one of our fantasy leagues this year through Unpacking It and, and compete with other members of the, the Unpacking It community, you can actually check out unpackingit.com slash fantasy. Stick around. At the end of the interview, I'll share some thoughts on fear and a conversation, uh, part of the conversation with David. We touched on that, and then I'll unpack it a little bit further. But right now, let's jump in. Here is David Pollack. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on Unpacking It, one of our favorite guests, ESPN college football analyst, David Pollack. David, it's been a wild week. How are you doing? <laughs> it definitely has been a wild week, and I think everybody's going, wait a minute, am I going to have football? Please? Maybe? No? Okay. A little, little hope and then taken away and then a little more hope. So it's been crazy. Oh, no question. So it really has been an emotional roller coaster for, for us as fans, and I know you're a, a fan but also a, an analyst. And so 
what what has kind of your mindset been like through all of this and and what's it been like just kind of processing and and being required to to talk about it and try to you know give your insight into what's been going on well you're trying to figure out something that can't be really figured out you know i mean we we're in a a global pandemic where a lot of the information is changing daily and weekly and monthly and so there's a lot going on with it but it's just nuts to think about the big 10 pulling the plug and canceling football and then then soon after the pac 12 and then oh wait a minute can we still have a season yeah we still got three of the five we got the majority we can still make this work and the big well wait i'm hearing the bad things about them and then they come out and they stand strong with the sec and the acc so i think it's just ever changing you know there's just a lot that's going on and 2020 has been nuts bro i think everybody can <laughs> can realize that it's been a crazy crazy year and um, you know, I, try, I, I I still meet with a bunch of people and mentors and stuff like that. It's just, hey, man, you got to find the positives. And, you know, we, we, we're starting in our lives to, to live a little bit more. And I'm coaching my son's youth league football team. And my daughter started softball. Both my kids are back in school. And it was just really fun for us personally to have some, some normalcy in the household and um, to just have start living again and not being as, as much of a secl- – God didn't make us to be secluded individuals. I mean, God made us to – to come together and to be together and spend time together and be social, social, you know, social beings. That's how he made us. And I think it's been fun for us as a family personally to get back to some of that. Absolutely. And I, I want to talk more, more about that, that with you and, and kind of hear more about your experience the, these last few months. Uh, one other just kind of question just to, in regards to what we're seeing with college football and, and now of course, big 10 out and pac 12 out. I've been concerned for the players, and I know there have been you know, some conversations surrounding this, but the players that aren't able to play and what that means for them this fall, during this time of their lives, you know, this important, crucial, exciting time for them to be a college football athlete that's taken away from them. What, what's your perspective, and in what ways does your heart go out to the player and, and even beyond the player, the person that, that's going through this this fall? Well, it just it stinks because... Of, I mean, I personally can can relate to all the hours you put in, man. And you know, I, I don't even think about college athletes as much as I think of high school athletes. You know, all these high school seniors that you know you you might you, you're never going to play football again because most don't. But man, you, you've been busting your butt, and you know how it is. You're eating PB and J and gaining weight, and <laughs> this is your opportunity. I get to start. I've never done this before. You know, I've worked three hard years and maybe even more years. You know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years in in little league and now I finally got this opportunity and, and, and there isn't an opportunity. So you kind of, your heart goes out for all the high school athletes that miss out on all their sports and don't get to be a part of it. And it's just, it stinks for them. And, and you know what they've put themselves through and you know how hard they've worked. Listen, life's going to go on and it's, it's going to be, it's not going to be uh, the end of the world for those kids. But I think all of us, if we went back then, you know, all that stuff was important. Last year, a lot of the, the people that lost proms, you know, that, yeah. that meant something to people, you know? I mean, you, you lose that kind of stuff that it, it's, I know it's arbitrary as, a, as, a, as an older man now, but back then I was like, dude, I need to find me a date, you know? Like, <laughs> we need to get this, we need to make this happen. This is a fun night. We're gonna, this is a night we'll never forget, right? So I think all these kids, have, you know, they're growing up now and, and, and experiencing things that, uh, a lot of people haven't had the experience until, you know, I, I haven't experienced it in my lifetime. So they're definitely learning on the fly and having to adapt. And, and then, you know, not to mention the, the, the structure and the discipline that they'll miss out on, too. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of concerns on, on that side of things as well. And, and so, 
in regards to some of these players on these teams that they're not playing this fall, do you get the sense, all right, it's worth holding out? How realistic is it that, that some of these are holding out for the spring and, and hoping to play in the spring versus do any of these guys really open up the door for, for major transfers right now? Like, is that even – how realistic is that, I guess? I, I, I don't see the spring as a viable option. I just – I think there's too many hurdles to go across. And, 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 and I say that so – you're going to play a season in the spring. First of all, the weather stinks. Yep. Um, go to Ohio, bro. I lived in Ohio <laughs> for a little while. It's still on the ground from November to, to to March, and it's not fun to be outside, and it's not fun to be practicing. It's just not not the best environment. But, uh, you know, you got guys that are going to be obviously, you know, sticking their hat in the ring to go play in the NFL that would leave your team and would change your dynamic. you got – um, how, how about all these player safety things we talk about? I, I'll tell you this, Bryce. I'm more, I'm way more concerned with CTE and shots to the head than I am than I am COVID. Yeah. So yeah. you know, you're going to ask these kids to play a season in the spring and then go take more shots in the fall. Like, in order to play a football season, you have to practice tackling. Yeah. You have to practice getting people on the ground and striking, and that's part of it if you're going to do a season. So if you're going to do it, you got to practice it, and then you got to do it in the games. And then wait a minute, now we're going to stop, and instead of you know instead of you know taking all this time off and where you've usually been building your body up, now we're going to kind of get ready, to gear up for another football season. It just seems it seems very unrealistic. I, I, listen, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I still I still think you know we're going to have football in the fall. I think we're going to find a way to make it done. I just if we don't have it in the fall, I don't see the spring as, as, as a great option unless you found a lot of answers to a lot more questions that will be very, very confusing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. So as far as any of those players in those conferences that are not playing, do you see them actually going to another school right now? Like, I, I, I guess I'm just trying to wrap my mind around the possibility of that. No. No. I don't. Like, like you talking about, like, Nebraska? Yeah. They came out and they were, what, they were what, bold and said, yeah, whether a whole team going to another conference or, or trying to play some, you know, kind of schedule or, or even individual players being able to leave and go somewhere else. Now, the individual players are interesting because the NCAA, they don't do much. But what they do do is, you know, they, they, they grant waivers for people to transfer. Well, if you have hardships, you can obviously transfer. I would deem this as a hardship. I mean, my goodness, you don't have a football team anymore that you went to. So yeah. that would be very interesting, and it could be a mass exodus. And think about for the future, too, if – if these conferences play, it's another year of exposure. It's another year of everybody seeing the big-time programs, and then some of the other programs, you know, they don't get as much acclaim because they they just kind of faded off for a year. So I think I think it would affect recruiting purposes in the future. But I I do think um, you know they they got to find a, a way to accommodate some of those players and if they want to play and if there's football. But I don't think you know, for example, Nebraska. I don't think there's any chance in heck Nebraska can go play football. Ohio State can go play football. you got to remember, if you're going to be loyal to your conference that's been loyal to you. By the way, Bryce, let's talk about how loyal the Big Ten is. How about I'll give you 52 million reasons why they're loyal. (laughs) That's right. 52 million is what Nebraska made off the Big Ten network last year. I mean, That's crazy. Let's not kid yourself. Yeah, let's not be crazy, bro. You want to go get a couple losses and still not win a national title and then – and then come back and go, oh, wait, we don't have a home anymore? Bro, that doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense to me. I, listen, I like them saying they want to play. The True. players want to play. The coaches want to play. I, I understand that. Um, but I just the, the leaving your conference, 
I don't know if that would if I'm a, if I'm a smart businessman, and and you told me like, wait a minute, I, I can go out and make this chunk right here, but I'm not going to be involved with my guaranteed salary every year. That's going to be a huge chunk. I'm not chasing you know a little bitty chunk and forfeiting my future benefits. And I and I think that's what Nebraska would be doing is they went and tried to find work outside the Big Ten. Yeah, it sounds nice, and it's it's good to hear as a fan of Nebraska. If you're a fan of Nebraska and you, you hear your coach say, "Hey, we want to play," but yeah, the the reality of it doesn't seem uh, seem likely. So, well, uh, I I was encouraged earlier. You were, you were saying just how your your family you know has really made the efforts to to get back to the the swing of things the the, the best you can. And it's so I'm curious though, you know, just the the, the last few months of, of the pandemic. What was that like for, for you personally and your family, just having gone through all of that? Well, let me cover the first few months first, because um, I can tell you this. I, I'm re- I was ready for them suckers to go back to school. I, I, can, <laughs> I can full wholeheartedly say that. Um, beginning was awesome. The first couple months, man, I just... I was, you know, listen, we all go through life, and, and, we, and when you have multiple kids, you're just fighting. You're swinging, and you're like football, softball, and we got tournaments, we got practice, and we got church, and we got, you know, it's just, it's, it's busy, busy, busy. And you're like, man, I wish, sometimes I wish we could just slow things down. Well, God did slow us down. Yeah. God slowed us down to a crawl, and it was absolutely amazing. My kids were outside playing, riding bikes, having a blast, playing with their friends, um, we were playing board games, Palooza, so much family time, so much family dinner, so much Bible reading together at the mm. family table. Like, just so much so much that happened that was so daggum positive. And, and listen, we're going to look back on 2020, and I'm going to look back and say it was the strangest time of my life, and a lot of weird things went on. But I, I can tell you this. I consider myself big time a sports parent, and, and, I, and I love sports. I love what they give our kids. I love sports, period. You know what I learned during the pandemic? I learned that I don't need sports in my life to have a great family and to have a lot of fun. Like, wow. that's what it definitely taught us, and, and I think it was a rewarding time. Now, after four months and then five months, kids ain't supposed to have that long of a summer, for God's sake. And <laughs> they get bored and they get annoying, and I'm like, dude, I'm ready for you to go back to school, go find something to do. Um, but, you know, it was it was so awesome just to have more family time, uh, less distractions, uh, so it was just—it was a real cool thing for the Pod family. Oh, that—that's neat, and and just for for you personally too, in regards to you know how your faith was affected during that. So so maybe more time to to read. In, in what ways uh, was your faith challenged, and, and in what ways did did it grow during that season? Well, I, I, it, it was definitely challenged because no church, yeah. And, no, no live worship, and no. I, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not great with the online thing. I'm not gonna lie. I just yeah. I don't pay attention as well. I'm not as enthralled. No, no interaction with my buddies, and less interaction with my buddies, and no small group, and just less accountability. And I just, I, you know, we we talked about it last year. And we did a whole a whole study in our small group, and we talked about the doldrums and reaching the doldrums, and you know, going through a lower spot. I think you just have more times where your faith gets uh, gets tested a little bit more, and you feel weaker, and you're just don't. I, I just I didn't feel as good as I do when I can go to the house of God and worship, you mm-hmm. know, and go to the house of God and sing praises and and have small groups. So I think for me personally, it was definitely a struggle. It wasn't um, it wasn't as easy. It wasn't as fun, and it, it, it took a lot more 
concerted effort. And I, you know, with my buddies, we, we did the Bible app and we just went through the board. We're, we're going through the Bible in a year and um, sending text messages back and forth and trying to create that accountability and create that um, fellowship. But, uh, you know, it's just different when it's in person. It's different when it's face to face. It's different um, than, than I think it is through a phone. And so I think you, uh, I think you miss that. I miss that personally. Absolutely. I am right there with you and the, the people I talk to as well. We're, we're all in that similar similar boat longing for that. Yeah, that that personal touch and, and just the the, uh, the the energy that comes from being in the same room with other believers worshiping together. You, you can't replicate that in your house watching online. So, you know, we, we make the most of it. and we, We've you know gone through it, but but I'm right there with you. And, and you mentioned earlier too, uh, you know, talking with mentors uh, during this time, I'm just curious your your setup for uh, your relationship with mentors. What does that look like? What does that that mean for you? Well, I think everybody. I think it's so important to be um, to have mentors in your life and have people in your life and have people that are where you want to be. You know, people that um, down the road that, 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 that like my son's birthday is today. Oh, nice. uh, my son turns 12 today. So this is my son's last year being a non-teenager, Yeah, you know, but I have a really, really good buddy that has a teenager and he's going through all that experiences and he's, he's able to be a, a, a great mentor to me. And he's able to, uh, you know, he's my Paul when it comes to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the Timothy, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's, he's able to teach me cause he's going through what I'm going to go through in the future. And I got people in my life where I'm doing the same thing to them. And everybody needs a Paul. Everybody needs a Timothy. Um, everybody needs a Barnabas. Everybody needs to be, it needs to go be a funnel, right? It needs to be uh, it starts up here. You're pouring into somebody, somebody's pouring into you, and then you're doing life together with somebody, you know, you're, you're in the same phase of, of people that are believers. So I think, you know, finding that um, accountability, just like my, my buddy, Jim Purcell, um, you know, he's me and him, it's going to be a book a month. And we'll sit down and we'll talk about our book. And our next book is how to be a radical husband, Ooh. you know, and that's, that's what we're going to read this month. And I have to be accountable to read that book and then go sit down and meet with him. And uh, we're going to talk about it. And just like that kind of stuff for me is, is, is stuff that's very, very important. I need accountability in my life. I, you know, with football, you had accountability and structure and I need some of that stuff too. So creating that amongst friends, um, being an accountability partner to somebody, somebody being one to you. And it's just, it's, it's, it's critically important to our success. It really is. I'm in a radical mentoring group myself and, and have just seen the value of it. And so, uh, yeah, I appreciate you sharing about that. Cause I, I think it's an encouragement to guys that maybe, uh, don't have that in their life, but, but it's just, uh, it's extremely important and, and adds a lot of just, uh, meaning and, and purpose to your life too. And, and value for sure. Well, uh, you know, in, in talking about trying to get things back to normal as well, uh, I was listening to a, a sports show this morning, and, and they were talking about the difference between kind of fear and and being cautious. and And I'm curious your thought as a as a believer, and you know, our faith and hope is in the Lord, and and so we're not designed to to, to be fearful, other than having a proper fear of the Lord. But just in your approach to this virus and and wanting to to get back to life and even wanting to see college football take place this year. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here just because it's a, a big topic with uh, this, this word fear. What, what do you make of it? And, and just uh, how do you compare it to even being cautious as we, as we try to figure things out with this virus and, and moving forward in life? I fear the Lord. That's all I fear. I'm not, I'm not much for, 
I'm not much for fearing um, fearing things. And listen, does that mean does that mean I, I'm not responsible and respect things? I, I do, but you know, my kids my kids started back school. My kids have started back sports. I'm not gonna listen. There are a lot of things in life that are going to come our way 100 percent that 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 have negative repercussions that could happen. Like things. You know, think bad things can happen driving a car down the road. Bad things can happen getting in a plane flying across the country. There's a lot of bad things that can happen. Am I going to try to minimize my risk in life? Absolutely. But I'm dang sure going to live it, man. Yeah. And, and and if if this if this if it's meant to be for this virus to get me, it's, it's going to get me regardless. By the way, I mean, <laughs> people that have done all the right things and worn the mask and taken all the precautions have still gotten the virus. So. Mm. I mean, we, we, we in our household, man, we're, we're gonna, if, if, if we go to a place where they want us to wear a mask, we're going to wear a mask. Like, we're going to respect their decision, and we're going to listen to them. But if, if we have a choice and we don't want to wear a mask, we don't, we don't have to wear a mask. And my kids are back in school, and certain times they'll have to wear a mask, and certain times they won't. And I said, listen, if, if your teacher wants you to wear a mask, put the mask on. It's easy. But it, if it's not something that's mandated and you don't want to wear it, you don't have to wear it. And listen, some people don't like that, but... Um, I think I, that's the way we do it, and we choose to go to activities, and we choose to go out, and we choose to partake in a lot of the things that we would have partaked in. I, I just, I'm a big fan of my kids being able to have normalcy, and mm. my kids being able to have um, to to live life and live life and not worry about things. So we don't talk about it all the time. We're not, um, you know, obsessed with it, and it's something that it, it's out there. It's, it can happen, but. It can happen if you're doing all the right right things, and it can happen if you're doing all the wrong things. That's right. And, yeah, the idea of being paralyzed by fear, oh, man, I, I, I hate that for people. So um, I, I think, like you said earlier, you know, the, the idea that, man, we had this nice little break for a few months, and, and we slowed down, and we were home more, and, and there, there was something, you know, wonderful about that. But then, yeah, we got to keep living. We, we've got limited time here. Let's, uh, let's enjoy life and continue to, you know, serve God and, and, and live for Him and, um, I think we do that by living with, yeah, hope and faith and, and uh, yeah, being uh, cautious and aware and all that kind of thing, too. But um, all right. So uh, earlier this spring, uh, kind of before all this, uh, it was announced that, that you're heading to the, the College Football Hall of Fame. And so congrats on that. And and I'm just uh, yeah, wondering what that what that did for you and, and how you uh, received that that news and that that acknowledgement. Uh, at this kind of point in your life to think back to, to your college days and now these, these years later to, to be recognized for what you accomplished at Georgia? It, it, it's cool. It's cool perspective, man, because what it does is it just makes me realize how fortunate and blessed I was to have so many people in my life that, that, that got me here. It just it, it means more to me for them. It means more to me for my mama mm. and my daddy that sacrificed so much to get me to where I needed to get, but more importantly, that loved on me and um, that taught me values and taught me how to work hard. To the Eddie Shaddix of the world, who nobody knows who that is, Eddie Shaddix was my high school football coach. After my freshman year or my sophomore year of football, I quit football because I wasn't playing. And Eddie Shaddix was like, hey, man, just come work out with me. And then started to pour into me and love on me. I started to lift weights and get stronger and bigger. And, you know, my whole life changed. Like, there, there is... 20 to 40 to 60 to 80 people that I don't get there without them. Mm. And I think it just puts a big emphasis on that, man. And it just, it makes me send a lot of thank you text messages. And it makes me, it makes me very thankful to have to, for God to put so many people in my life that made a positive impact. And just 
families that I, that we grew up and did life together that imparted wisdom to me, that things that I remember to this day that, you know, just people that we used to take beach trips with. I texted families and it's just like, I can't thank you enough for, for loving on me. And I, I remember you telling me this 20 mm. years ago and it meant something to me. And just, so I think it's more about the people around you because I, I don't care about me. I mean, I just don't, yes, it's awesome. It's great, man. But more importantly, you got there because it was a we thing, and there's a lot of people. It might be an individual award, but, man, you, you don't accomplish that stuff without so many people pouring into you, loving on you, and changing your life. Wow, what a what a wonderful perspective, and, and I think, yeah, all of us, no matter where we're at in life, to, to think back of all the people that, that played a role to get us th- this far, and, and sometimes we, uh, yeah, we just don't take the time to reflect on that. So it's, it's cool that a, an award like that or an, an honor or recognition uh, allows you to do that. So uh, I appreciate that that thought on that. And and so I also know that uh, you're a fantasy football owner and, and enjoy playing fantasy football. So how are you feeling about the the upcoming, I guess, NFL season, but specifically uh, the fantasy season? And Any players you, you got your eye on that you're hoping to get in drafts? You know, I think you always got to look for those stud running backs that, that always come out of nowhere that, that kill it because they usually win your leagues. And you've got it's interesting because running backs aren't taken as high as they used to take, but like a guy like DeAndre Swift going to Detroit um, and possibly being the man, I think, I think he could be so good. It's ridiculous. And carry on Johnson always being banged up, but yeah. I think you got to look for those, those kind of guys, those running backs that you can get in the second round, you know, third, second round, third round that are going to be starters that are going to be ballers. Um, but no, I, I love fantasy football. It's not the most competitive league. I'll be completely honest. I, mean, I like to play with the kids. That's right. Um, you know, and and, uh, and the family. Like my mama gets in, my daddy gets in, my oh, brother wow. gets in, my uncles in. Um, so it just it's just a lot of us that get to play. We're not we're not super hardcore, but. I do have some insider trading knowledge sometimes that, that helps out. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, is your approach, uh, you like to get the rookies because you're, you're so invested in, in the college game? Yeah. I mean, I just, I like to get, I like to get guys that I was huge fans of that you can tell I, that I think is going to be, you know, got superstar written all over them and yeah. could have big years, you know? So I think that's always fun for me to follow. And it's, you did my son follows, you know, college football, you know, watches all the shows I'm on and stuff too. So that sucker knows so much. And then, you know, mom, mom's is always good because mom's is my farm team. Cause I, mom's will always trade anytime you want. <laughs> and I'll be like, Hey, I'll give you three decent players. You give me a great one. She's like, sure, let's do it. I'm like, you're not very bright. Mom. Uh, um, but take she, advantage. Hey, but she just loves to be a part of it. And she loves for me to call her and t- say, I got to trade for her. You know, she just wants to, she just wants to talk. That's why she loves being in the league just for that. So it's just, it's so it's hilarious. Oh, that's great. You better not be trading kickers for quarterbacks with your mom. That doesn't seem right. No, we don't do that. But we, <laughs> we definitely. I'm giving you look. This person could get twenty at any point. This person could get twenty. You know, or this person they have great weeks that they show you they could be great. It's better than what you have now. Now you give me that running back that's really good, all right? Let's take care of that, you know? I love it. That's fun. That that's cool. Well, uh, David, as as we uh as we wrap up my, my final question as as we ho- hopefully, you know, I'm I'm optimistic. It seems like we're gonna have college football, but no matter what, there there is a disruption in college football. It's gonna be unique, it's different. As you you know, watch all of this and see you know some of the changes that are either taking place or about to cha- take place. What do you hope the, the the positives that come out of this unique 
season? What, what do you think some of the, the future changes or the, the changes that you're rooting for will ultimately change the sport that, that you and I love so much? First of all, the sport will never be the same again. You know, the toothpaste is not going back in the, in the, in the toothpaste jar. You know, like, it's not going back in there. It's just not. It's, it's out. It's, it, you're done. You can try it as hard as you want. But I, I think it's a couple fold. One, players have more power than they ever have. Um, they have a voice more than they ever have. So the old school coaches that used to berate kids and mm. led with fear, and those guys are dead. Yeah. I mean, those guys are dead in the water. They're not going to exist in college football anymore. The NCAA, I don't think, is going to exist in college football after this year. I think the Power Five is going to be smart enough to go, okay, we have all this dissension. We have guys making decisions that are at different times, which shouldn't make any sense. Everybody should be unified and be one voice across the country. Uh, I think they find a way to make that happen. I think you're going to have players, um, some sort of a players' union or a players' Uh, association that can take care of college players. I think I think the what college football looks like right now is going to be severely drastic in the future. It's going to be totally different um, from a leadership standpoint, from a player standpoint. I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch because it's going to evolve big time. It really is. So I'll be uh, I'll be watching closely and, and looking forward to uh, whatever whatever teams end up playing this fall. Uh, I'll be watching. So and we'll be watching you, David, and and always love having you on the show and, and keep up the great work on, on ESPN and wish you the best with your family and, and all the sports taking place for, for you guys as well. So enjoy that. Appreciate it, my man. All right. There's David Pollack joining us here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio to unpack our conversation that we just had with David Pollack. And he's one of my favorite guests. I think that's his fourth appearance in a row, four years in a row, having him on the show. And I, I, I say this every time probably, but I always love his energy, his passion, his excitement. He loves the Lord, loves his family, loves college football. He, he brings, I think, a lot of yeah those same characteristics and qualities to college game day and, and to the, the the coverage that he does on ESPN covering college football. So great to hear kind of the other side of him a little bit and, and get to know him as a, a dad and, and, and believer in Jesus. So uh, I, I appreciate what he said about fear. And I was listening to an NFL show this morning, pro football talk, and they were talking about, you know, fear and, and that kind of thing. And it's just interesting, and I think for us as as believers, we want to be wise. So during this whole pandemic, we've got to seek wisdom and 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 seek God's direction and and how to respond and and how to how to live and act in in you know in view of rules that are in place and warnings that are out there with this virus and all that sort of thing. But I think the other side of it is we we have to continue to live with freedom. And that we have in the Lord, He gives us freedom, and then we have to be aware that we're not called to fear or worry or 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 be you know trapped in anxiety. God wants to give us peace, and He is peace. And so when we rest in Him and, and we we lean on Him and rely on Him, we we can have peace, and we don't have to be overcome by fear. 
and 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 so worried that oh no if I if I touch this or I go I go here or I go there and and, and we just get so I, I think I, I think I said it, paralyzed and so there's a difference between I think proper realistic understanding wisdom you know a certain level of I, I hate to even use the word fear but yeah there's a certain level of it sure but to go to the extreme I, I think we've got to. We've got to have more faith than that. We've got to trust God that that even if we get sick, God still loves us. God still is is with us, and that and and this goes to a bigger point too. That even if we if we die, we we are secure. If we are in Christ, if we love Jesus and have given our our lives to Jesus and believe in in who He is and what He did on the cross and that He resurrected and and our faith is in Him for our salvation that even if we die, whether from the virus or anything else, we spend eternity with him. And so that removes the fear because we don't even have, we don't have to fear death. That's gone. So, so we don't have to fear a virus or fear, or fear death because of him. And so we, have to, we, we can't get caught up in all the fear that comes from watching the news and, and all that kind of thing. It just... It, it can consume us and, and take us down, and then we're no longer living the life that God wants us to live. And, and sure, there was value in us being home and, and being, you know, slow, slowing down and, and being around our families and, and that kind of thing, but to, to have so much fear that now we can't do anything or live life or enjoy our families and, and, and that kind of thing, I think we're, we're, we're missing out in a lot of ways. And, and, and what happens too, when we allow fear and worry and anxiety to, to take over and trust me, I haven't mastered this. I, I wrestle with all the, those things as well, but, but I'm just encouraged by what David said. And, and so I, that's why I'm unpacking this, but, but all those things, when they take over, then, you know, think about it, our physical health beyond the virus starts to be affected. When we allow stress and fear and all that to eat away at us, oh my goodness, it's not good for us health-wise either. So I think that's the other side of it. And I, I kind of brought this up to, to David, and I, I probably could have gone even further with this. But the idea that these college athletes this fall will no longer have, you know, Big Ten, Pac-12, they don't have that structure, the discipline, the, the purpose of playing football. What that does to them emotionally and mentally and how that, that weighs on them and the negative results that come from that in many ways are worse than what they, they would be exposed to by playing football and the potential risks of the virus. Um, sure, th- there are physical risks and, and not to mention the head trauma, which is probably worse than, than even getting the, the virus for, for an 18 to 22-year-old. And, and so I think maybe that hasn't been factored in enough the effect that it actually ha- it actually has on those players, um, emotionally and, and spiritually and, and mentally and, and all that kind of thing, um, I- I'm concerned about that. I really am. It, just like I've been concerned for for kids that aren't in school, young kids, high school kids, all that kind of thing. That, that's been very concerning to me as well. And and leaders are trying to make wise decisions and doing the best they can. And unfortunately, I think other agendas have gotten involved, and so it's hard to know which of these decisions are best for all of us that, that people are making decisions for us. And then with college football specifically, 
you know, the decision for, for the Big Ten and, and Pac-12, it, it was taken away from the actual players. They, the presidents and conferences made the decision for them, and, and it's, it's hard to know if that's really what's best for those kids. It, it, it's, it's worth wondering about for sure. Um, so I don't have all the answers, but, but I do believe that, that our, our, when our faith is in God and, and our dependence is on him and we trust in him, that the fear of the world, the fear of death, goes away and, and, and diminishes, and, and we, we lean into him and, again, seek his wisdom in, in how to respond in, in the decisions that we have each day. So hopefully that's uh, something to think about today. We'd love to know your thoughts or if you have any questions uh, in response to the interview or, or to our conversation right now, you can shoot me an email, Bryce at it. Dot com. Well, another wonderful show, and appreciate David Pollock being a part of it four years in a row. It's always a great show with him, and and so wish him the best with College Game Day this fall. I, I meant to ask him, uh, just kind of ran out of time or went a different direction, what College Game Day will be like if there aren't fans. I, I can't imagine they're going to have fans, but who knows? Things are changing every day, and it, it seems like even some of these colleges – the the in the stadium they'll have fans and then you heard Jerry Jones with the Cowboys so maybe maybe they go to the uh, college game day goes to the stadiums where there are fans and and we see the signs and all the fans going nuts I, I don't know they always seem jam packed in there so seems unlikely but we'll see but uh but hopefully we'll we'll still get college game day this fall one of the best shows on television so thanks for listening today I hope you have a wonderful day as always I'm Bryce Johnson I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin he was resurrected and through faith I have been saved by his grace I hope that is true for you as well and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together we'll talk to you next time right here on the unpacking it podcast for more information about the show our events and other resources Visit unpackingit.com. That's U N P A C K I N I T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.